this episode of the Object Sharp podcast, JR chats with Object Sharp coaches Daniela and Diane about what it takes to increase adoption of change within a team, department, or an entire organization. Plus, Daniela, Diane, and JR share their advice on how to personally work through change. Welcome to the Object Sharp podcast. We have today back with us Dan Dale. Hey, Dan. Hello. And brand new to the webcast, we have Daniela. And so, actually, why don't we start with uh, a little bit of intros, um, just so that everyone gets to know who you are and what you do at Object Sharp. And uh, why don't we start with you, Daniela? Hi. So, I'm new to Object Sharp. Uh, my background is in change management and project management delivery. And I'm here to make things better as our clients move through their transformations. Amazing. And Dan, even though you've been on the podcast before, maybe a quick intro from you as well. Sure. Uh, I've been working in IT for over 30 years now. So seen a lot of change and uh, from a lot of different perspectives and capacity, anything from technical coding all the way up to managing huge teams across many continents. So. So it, it looks like you guys are already just jumping right in there with today's topic about change, 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 change. Um, so before we do that, why don't we actually just set the context? So when we talk about change, right? So I know what change means to me, but when we talk about change, when we talk about change within organizations, what does it mean to you guys? Uh, like what kind of changes are we talking about? What kind of changes are we seeing uh, today in organizations? Oh gosh, there's just the digital speed that you need to bring to the table with what COVID's brought in place. That's the biggest change I'm seeing and just adjusting to all the different ways of having to work, whether you're in the home, with kids in the home, with dogs in the home, with husbands in the home, partners, so forth. It's an, it's an ongoing ball of change. Yeah, and I like to see it like from those two different aspects, like from what Daniela said, there's like this change that happens to you and that you don't have much control over and you have to sort of harness that and figure out what to do about it and how to deal with it proactively. And then there's the kind of change where you want a change to happen. So you're planning it, you have a transformation or you have an outcome that you want to get to and you've got to sort of transition along the way and again, proactively try to make that as smooth as possible. For sure. And I mean, like when I, when I think of change these days, uh, I mean, you guys called it out, there's crisis, there's transformation change. And I'm just thinking of like, what are like some examples of those that come to mind is like, um, you know, with all the acceleration of everything through, you know, let's bring in DevOps and cloud and security. And so the pace of change is accelerating like crazy. And yet we're all disconnecting at the same time, just given you know, having to work remotely and stuff like that. Um, what else are you guys seeing? Like, what, like, what are, what are some of these like real life examples that you're seeing in in the client work that you're doing around some of the changes that people are going through? Well, in the speed to adopt, um, we can talk about the change being uh, overwhelming, and and really creating a bit of a flight or fright kind of reaction. What do we do? How do we handle it? Why? Why do I need to? And just shutting down. That's, yeah, there's that's like that extreme. That resistance in there, right? It's like, oh my gosh, people are like, whoa, change. Um, and I mean, let's be honest, people don't really like to change, right? Absolutely, and it's that gut feel of leave me alone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have so much on my plate, I don't need more, right? 
Yeah, and I think to go along with that, it's about supporting the change, right? About giving people awareness about what what do you think is going to happen? Your role is going to change, like because we're seeing that happen to a lot of people where, and it and it affects different people uh, differently, right? So depending on the role you're in, but you're right about that acceleration. Like all of a sudden now, okay, so we're not we're not doing just operations or we're not just doing development anymore. Now we're expected to do both. Now we're expected to do DevOps. Now, especially working from home, security is a huge thing. Well, now guess what? You've got to become a security specialist and you need to start, you know, putting, you know, testing for vulnerabilities and testing for, you know, all that other security hacks and things that can happen. Like you have to start being more of that breadth person and let go of being that specialist. We still need specialists in certain areas, but obviously like it's hard for people because you value what you do every day and what you can contribute. And if if you start not being, okay, I, you know, I know everything about this subject and I can answer any question and solve any problem, but now you're having to sort of stand back and use your principles and your values to solve problems and your thinking, like your problem solving techniques to solve things and guessing at, oh, I think this might work and more experimenting. And that's hard for people, especially if they value that I'm an authority on this and, and it makes me feel good to know the answer and be able to provide a solution for someone. And now it's more about collaborating and putting minds, different minds together and coming up with a solution together and, it, and quicker. <laughs> and yeah, that's really yeah. hard. And you've touched on a really interesting point, the notion of letting go. It's almost letting something go, giving up on something, putting it to rest to go into chaos. And you know, your 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 mind is going off like I, I don't want to go there. I don't I like my domain that I own. My productivity is good, I'm delivering, it's just good enough. That's fine for me. And it's a hard shift for people, especially when if they're not given the tools, the support, the psychological safety to really um, fail. Because let's face it, there will be some failure, there will be mistakes, and an opportunity to make those mistakes makes that change that much harder to digest. Yeah, and there's a huge piece to that. Uh, and JR, I'm sure in your leadership training, you probably touch on this quite a bit, but it's the mind shift of the leadership support, right? Like the guidance you get, mm. the way your boss acts and reacts to things, the way your boss facilitates now brainstorming sessions or solution sessions, it's got to change. It's got to be more open. It's got to be more accepting, more tolerant. And, and, and in the longer run, it becomes more productive uh, to get through all of this, this stuff that's happening. Yeah. 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 I mean, like going through all of this change, it's since, since you brought it up, it's not actually even just the, the leaders, right? It's because given the complexity of everything that's going on right now, it, it, that complexity invites everybody to have to show up as a leader um, in one way or the other, whether they have the training, they don't have the training, whether they have the confidence, whether they don't have like, but everybody now needs to show up in a completely different way than it was um, before where there was a little bit more of that, um, you know, the kind of like the, the bosses, the traditional bosses, if you will, that um, would be responsible exactly how you said, Dan, to facilitate all these things and to really um, nurture and handhold the change. Um, and what I'm finding is actually that um, one of the reasons why it's why it's becoming so hard to deal with all the complexity today is because now everybody has to nurture um, that change and everybody has to hold, handhold that change for everybody. 
right? It's not, it, it, it's so complex and so dynamic and dynamically changing every day that it, it's, it's too much for just one person to handle, right? And yeah. so you kind of have to come together and almost like virtually hold hands and, and you know, support that, um, that difficulty. And you know what's interesting about that is there's an element of, you know, it, before we would talk about project management or, you know, when we're delivering something, oh, there's requirements, there's a solution, there's deployment, there's all this, there's testing. Well, guess what? There's another swim lane now, which is about how do you manage the change? So how, you know, it's talking again, openly about what is going to change, what roles are going to change, what responsibilities, what jobs, what, uh, you know, accountabilities, what's going to change for our customer, what's going to change for our client, um, how is this going to be interpreted, how are we going to feel about that change, how is the yes. customer going to feel about that change, and managing yeah. that portion of it along your path, so it's, it's another sort of whole piece that has to be taken care of. Um, yeah. and, and that's a new element. Yeah, and I always say feelings are hard. Right? <laughs> feelings are hard because they you are. have to be vulnerable, you have to have trust, you have to be willing to um, accept what may be deemed to be negative feedback as constructive criticism. You know, managers may lose control. So that hierarchy that you had is now flattened because you have to, you know, look at your people, not as your peers necessarily, but still you're their guide in some shape, way, or form. And the reality is some people just don't feel it's right for them. And that's also a hard decision to come to. Like, do I want to be a part of this change? Do I want to participate? Do I want to put my head in the ring? I mean, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a psychological conversation you need to have with yourself deep down about do you fit in with where the vision is going that you know, it, it, it's hard to deal with. Yeah. I mean, kind of, if you think about it a little bit broader too, and it's, it's, you're talking about it in a sense of like picking for yourself and, and thinking about it for yourself. There's also the, the same kind of uh, conversation on an organizational level to say, Hey, like, is it even the right time? Like, does it make sense to, to have, um, you know, whatever change it is right now? Right? Is it something that we can push off? Because I almost like a change is like a like a, a muscle, right? Like depending on how um, how practiced or how well um, what's that? I, I'm trying to find the right word. I was like well worked out. Um, your your ability to absorb change is right will determine on how painful or how sore your muscle is afterwards, right? And so. Um, you know, even when you're working out, you, you pick and choose your workouts relative to how things are feeling. So um, I don't know about you guys, but like I'm seeing a, a lot of instances where people are actually going through, I think the, the, the coin term these days is what is change fatigue, right? Or, you know, like there's, there's like, it's almost like, I know I'm going into a workout. Um, I'm really sore. I have to do it anyway. Like I have to do it. And then it's kind of like, well, no, I'm just like, I'm, I'm really tired. I can't. And if I go into it, I'm actually just going to hurt myself. Right. Well, and so. then there's, and then there's also the, why am I doing it? Right. And, and have we really articulated the why the change needs to happen is also really um, a, a key piece in driving and getting that adoption to happen the way that uh, companies want, right. At the organizational level. 
Yeah. And, and one of the things they can do, I mean, there's, we haven't touched on it yet because we're pretty agnostic from a framework perspective, but there is, um, you know, frame change frameworks will take you through this thought, but you have to also think of how much change is happening in coordination with each other. You know, like what, what else, what other change? So what people are being impacted by the change? What is the change that's happening to them? And then stack that up against all the other changes happening in the organization. Yeah. So again, it's that's where the term, you know, sort of change manager comes in. That's what it means. It means managing the changes happening to the organization, to you know, at the organizational level, at the IT level, to your customers, to your, like all those elements and saying, is this gonna work? Is it going to fatigue people? Are they gonna jive? And to your point, Daniela, making really sure one of the big elements of change is understanding where are you going? What, why are you doing this? What is the outcome that you're trying to get to? It has to be like super, super critical that people have bought into that and they've and they're excited about it and they're inspired because a lot of that energy will carry you through. But it has to be sustainable. It you're, you know, the layers of change have to work with each other and they have to be sustainable and you have to proactively communicate, commu over communicate change and over talk about it. And you said it, and you know, some people don't want to talk about it. Therefore, why do we have to talk about this? Well, because if you don't, it's going to happen anyways. So you might as well nurture it along and, and guide it rather than have it happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So you're starting to talk about already in terms of like, okay, so we, we talked about like, what is change and, and kind of like the impacts of change now you're highlighting okay cool so like what can we do about it right so communication for sure um you know is is one of the most important things um i think also making the change visible right like um it's it's easy to talk about it, or it's easy to communicate it i mean i like for me i kind of roll in making things visible into communication because obviously it's a part of uh communication but what i find often not done um, that has a huge benefit when it is done is making it visible, just like how we make work visible, um, you know, whether it's through backlogs or status reports or project plans, whatever it is, we make the work that needs to be done visible so that everyone can see like what's going on, where are we at, how are we doing towards success measures and progress measures and all, the, all that kind of stuff. I find um, that to, to help with reducing that resistance to change or um i like to think about it more in terms of increasing people's certainty about what's happening with change learning how to make that change visible um makes a huge difference to everyone and it's not and then when i mean making the change visible i mean at every level so it's not just uh you know like a an organizational thing that leaders are going to do and there's going to like here you go here's our change board um, it's, it's very much so just like how you would treat a project plan or just like how you would treat a backlog. It's that continuous, like coming back to it, revisiting it, refining it, asking the questions about, does this make sense now? And doing that again, like I said, continuously, right? Whether it's every two weeks or three weeks, just to make sure that if nothing else, everybody has that certainty about the why. Right. And, 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 and the where, <laughs> like, where are we going to next? So it's make visible, communicate, communicate, communicate. What else, like what else can anybody do? Not just leaders, anybody do to help with, with managing change. And I think you tapped into something very 
powerful to communicate. And I always kind of also say, there's people that are passionate about the change. Harness that passion, get them to act as ambassadors, get them to really find and within their own organizational groups, because everyone's a piece of influence. Harness their ability to, to propagate the knowledge and, and showcase where things are going really well um, and celebrate the successes. I don't think we do enough of celebrating our successes with change. I mean, it can be the smallest thing. We've done a great retrospective. Let, let's, let's let the organization know, you know, we did a couple of sprints where we delivered something really great. Um, tell the story, really make the effort to tell the story. Um, and I really think it's also important that, you know, at the top of the house, you get the support and the intentional support. It's not good enough just to use the words. It is important to be really uh, mindful and be engaged. Because um, if you're not passionate at the top level, it's going to be hard to get the folks underneath that leader to really um, pony up to. So sometimes you may need to actually offer little bonuses to the executives to get them to you know, play, <laughs> play together, right? And create a bit of competition around, you know, who can get their organizations moving forward. I mean, there's, there's different creative ways of doing things so that it's, it's more experiential. One thing that I really like, you touched on it a bit there, um, uh, JR, is around you know measurements and metrics. It's like I like I like having conversations about how do we know, how do we know we've gotten there or we're on our way? Because I find having those conversations, a couple of people may have different ideas, and if you're that means if you're not having the conversation, they're going towards different goals and they have different ways of interpreting whether they're being successful or not. So have those conversations early and set those as your markers and set those as your as your wins and your celebrations and your milestones along the way. And it's again, it's opening up the conversation and aligning people to, okay, now we know why we're you know going there, we know where we're going, and we know how we know we're on the same yeah. path. Right. And that's and that's super uh, powerful as well. That's really to get people aligned and celebrated because then they know when they hit the mark. And that's like, yeah. And, and the marks can change again. It's not a, a direct path. Maybe today I think it's these three milestones. If, if we get there and we get to the second milestone and we go, hmm, I don't think that third milestone's right based on what we've learned. It can adapt. It can change. It's really great, but by knowing where people are going, you can allow them to get there on their own and they'll, and they'll figure out cool and, and creative ways to get there. And again, have that open conversation. Yeah. Guys, this is how I was thinking we'd get there. What do you think? Is there, and does anybody have any better ideas? You'd be shocked at what people have because they're the ones with the knowledge. They're the ones with the hands on the keyboard getting the work done. You know, they'll have some great ideas. And when they're part of it, uh, that makes a big difference because again, that generates the excitement and the passion that Danielle talked about. It gets people moving in the same direction and not afraid of it. And again, modeling that behavior of safety and modeling that behavior of experimentation and, and wins and and not um, you know taking those failures and learning from them. Yeah. We don't and we don't often think about it this way, but change is actually a co-creation, right? Mm. Like you're literally co-creating mm. the way forward. And so, Dan, to your point is that if, if it becomes this activity that is done together, right, how much easier would it be, right? Because everyone, like by definition, by co-creating change, everyone is more bought in than not or um, deciding the way forward together and what makes sense together, thereby reducing the resistance to the change itself. So I often like to invite people to think about 
change as a co-creation exercise or no different than you would have, again, something on your backlog and be like, okay, so here's a problem we're trying to solve. How do we go about and do, doing that? And the, the, the thing I would add on top of that as well is that it's at, it, everybody can do this, right? So, um, you know, when Dan, you're talking about measurements and stuff like that, we're naturally thinking of organizational measurements or team measurements. There could also be your own personal measurements as to how you're working with that change and you're working through that together. And if you need the help, like for, for you personally, hey, guess what? By going through all this process and, and um, you know, communicating, making visible, all that kind of stuff, it's very easy to come back and say, hey, so uh, put my hand up and say, help in this, this, and this, and this. And then you can go and get the help. I mean, that's why organizations have coaches, for example, like the three of us. I mean, that's what we do day in and day out or training or whatever support means for you, right? But your ability to kind of measure that and see, oh, wow, like, yeah, I can make this go so much faster if I get this. It's a much richer conversation, even with yourself. Um, and bringing that clarity as to how how it would be easier for you to go through change. Yeah, that's really well said. I like that. What else? What else? What else are we seeing? Um, so I know like that's for me, but what what else are you guys seeing? Uh, or what are people coming to you for for help uh, when it comes to change? A lot of different layers. I think there, there's sort of two elements that I see. One is that that the change happens at different layers. So there's, again, a change happening to an individual. There's a change happening to the team. There's a change happening to their group or their department. There's and possibly at an organizational level. And being aware, again, a lot of frameworks will, will help you guide you through asking the right questions to say, who's impacted by this change and how are they impacted and about opening your mind. But I've also found that um, whether it be, you know, a generational change or whatever, but change is very, the same change can be very different to different individuals. So depending on you, where you are, what is your role and your responsibility? What is your age category? What is your diversity? What is your background? Um, because it will, it will impact you differently. What is your home situation? Like even those kind of elements. There are, you know, people who are, you know, five years from retiring, that change is going to be very different for them. Some it will be, they'll be open to the change. Some will be very concerned about the change. It also depends on, you know, how, how, you know, I find the younger generation, they're a lot more adaptable. They're used to being flexible and running around, not saying that, that the older generation is not, <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely are, but it's almost about if you're in a managerial position or in a leadership position about harnessing that energy and realizing that there is diversity in the room and that diversity of age even or of generation or of background is something amazing to harness and making sure that everybody has a voice because it's that collectivity of all those insights because the person who's been working for 20 years knows 
generically what kind of problems will happen. What, oh, well, I've seen this before, I've seen this. A younger person has the energy and the naivety, na naivety <laughs> of what, uh, what may not happen, but that might push you to a boundary that you never thought of before. So um, it's about understanding that complexity or just you know acknowledging it and allowing all those voices, making sure as a, a facilitator or as a team member that you're asking questions to other people and getting their perspective because they're there with you. <laughs> they're in the boat taking the sail <laughs> the sail ride to the whatever the change destination is yeah there's um there's no go ahead i was gonna say it's, it's also broader than the project itself right because the change it, it becomes a part of its own so if you're look depending on how you're looking to shift your culture there will be other shifts in culture that you didn't intend so and sometimes that's okay you know, it's it's allowing things to be fluid at times that the control won't be there, and that it may take a lot longer than what you originally planned um, to sustain and, and actually transform. Because the point at which your employees are like, always, oh, always done this this way, then you know that the change has succeeded. But until you get to that sentiment, it, there will be continual tooling and redoing. So. Yeah, that was um, that was an interesting uh, mindset that you've shared with me, Daniela, previously, um, where it was just like just thinking about it, it's like um, we started off a conversation at some point. I remember we, we were having this conversation and you had said, you know, change, like you said, now change is broader than the project, which actually got us talking about the fact that, hey, you know what, change isn't a project to begin with. Right. And oftentimes I find people think change is a project and what I loved about our conversation that I took away is the sooner we can start thinking about change differently and think about it as not a project, but just a thing that is there, something to adopt, something to get used to outside of the confines of um, a project, then you don't you like you're worried about the the human factor of it. You're worried about the you're actually paying attention to the the, the thing that matters, not the hey how are we doing um, along our our project plan of change activities? Did we change this check? Did we change this check? Are we in budget for change? Yeah, we've spent you know we've spent all the money that we had on change. It so doesn't work that way, yeah. right? So that human factor of it. Um, is is something that's often not thought about and then you know I, I kind of take the opportunity to invite it back in and just say yeah you know what like <laughs> change is broader than broader than the project i.e stop thinking about it as a project yeah and it's so dependent on what is your culture right like what is the culture at your company what's accepted and change is going to be different at every organization and i mean there's a lot of really good practical frameworks out of there out there like um, and I find that they're really good at giving some guidelines and giving you some thoughts about, you know, consider this step or consider this perspective, but you really have to tailor it for where you are, who the people are you're working with and what is the change that actually takes place. And then supporting them along the way, put, put the training in place, put the mentoring in place. The big thing that I see people don't deal with is the mindset shift. So it could be like, oh, well, we're, we're going to just start using this new tool, which is, you know, DevSecOps. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to we're going to start doing this automation and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, people, if their mindsets aren't there, it's not that easy. Uh, and I find a lot of times, you know, someone who's experienced in it and more open to it, they're like they think it's common sense and they think it's practical. 
but for others on the team, it may not be. So you have to help them get there from the mindset perspective first, and then bring in the tools and the training and things like that. So don't forget about that element that sometimes it goes against the grain of how people were educated or how people have been practicing their craft up to you know, up to today. So it, look at how they are today and what the culture is. And again, how do they master their craft and that sort of thing. And then what is it going to look like in the future? And how do you, how do you get there uh, and support them in whatever's needed? Right? And mindset's a very powerful thing because with every change that you engage an employee in, there's also the existing work that they need to do. So you're, you have a very high level workload and now you're throwing on top of that something new I need to learn I don't have time in a day to do it so the accommodation around that constraint is something else that needs to be considered because I mean when we think about where has change failed it's when you just throw stuff at people and you don't actually take stop and give them an opportunity to actually let you know hey too much is coming or I just don't have the capacity to take on new skill sets. You need to lighten my load. And it's a bit of a difficult conversation because you still need to meet the existing objectives that have been set, right? Yeah, so it looks good on paper, right? But then when oh. you go to put it in practice, there's, there's a whole resistance piece too. That's a new sort of swim lane as well. There's a whole new topic called resistance management, which is being able to proactively or reactively anticipate resistance to change right. and say, what do yeah. you do about that? Yeah, it is, it's no different than like, if you were thinking about it from a work perspective, it's like, just like how you track risk and there's risk management similarly. And like, you try to think of like, what are the different scenarios that would bring in risk very much? So what are the different scenarios in a change initiative or a change backlog? What are the different scenarios that would bring in resistance, right? Um, and, and just to your point about mindset before, mindset will bring a whole bunch of resistance too, especially um, those, and, and I know all three of us have mentioned um, in, in conversations with each other and with, with clients as well, um, the mindset shift of, hey, change is a journey, not a destination. Yeah. And I find that that last part, the destination part, brings like that's usually one of the first things that's in my resistance management swim lane if you will is that the more I have people around who look at things as just about the destination the more resistance the entire thing is going to is going to incur because of the fact that you're like you're so focused on the deliverable right because I mean that's what we're trained to do and so the the mindset shift there is like hey there is no deliverable. This is like a thing that just doesn't end, right? Um, so hence the journey, not the deliverable. I think I might actually change that, eh? Like instead of starting to say uh, change is a journey, not a destination, I'm going to start saying change is a journey, not a deliverable. Yeah. You know, I can do that. It's a great tagline for a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so it's an individual journey. Well, it's an individual that goes journey. into into the cumulative overall. Exactly, it's an journey. individual journey. It's a team journey. It's an organizational journey. It's an everything journey. I mean, that, that's why I enjoy it as much as I do because even though change is hard, amazing things happen when you change. Yeah, it's right? not an aha and, moment. And, yeah, and the other thing that I love about it is that it's iterative and incremental, right? Like you can't 
there is no way to know at the beginning, here are all the things that are going to change. I'm going to change in the exact, this exact way, right? It's that whole, Dan, you pointed out earlier, it's the, let, let's take a little bit, let's experiment, let's learn with it, see what we need to change, see what makes sense change, do it again, again, and again. And every time you iterate through it, you're also incrementing on the change. And I find that, um, again, speaking of mindset shifts, right? That's from a more organizational perspective to understand that change is iterative and incremental. And if we treat it as such, we have the ability to, in, um, like, it's almost like at every iteration, there's that inflection point. And you can ask yourself the question, how can we make this change easier, right? What have we learned from the last time that we did this that we can now do more of or less of whatever to, you know, from, from the resistance management perspective, reduce the resistance. I like to think about it more from the positive perspective, which is increase adoption, yeah. right? And asking those questions iteratively every time um, does that. So, you know, I think I like, I started us off already on, on the next thing I was going to ask you guys. So, um, I was going to say, there's so many different ways of, of handling change. And we've talked about a whole bunch of them um, over here. If you had to give one piece of advice to someone listening about change, what would that be? Only one piece of advice that is going to be like that kind of like, you know, eureka moment or drop the mic moment. Mm. You know what? I, I always look at it as change can be fun. Um, it's, it's really all about your perspective. Um, and as painful as something could, is, there's always a bit of a sense of humor that you can add to it. You know, dry sarcasm, raw, whatever it is, you, you got to remember to have some fun with it because it, it changes inevitable, whether it be your personal life or, or work life. Um, but it, it brings so many new things. And so much opportunity. So, love it. You don't often hear that. Hey, change is fun. Do it, and then do it just for fun. No. <laughs> and keep going. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what about you, Diane? I think for me, it's it's about you know the importance of that north star and the outcome, mm -hmm. but you know so that everybody knows where they want to be, but that the journey there is going to be very different and very unique for different people and being open to supporting everybody in that journey because it's going to be unique and tailored uh, to get there. You may have pockets of similarity, but I think it's a, you know, a customized program to help support the change depending on the individual, the customer, the stakeholder, the, you know, all of the, the people involved, right? Yeah, that's Love beautifully it. said. Love it. And I think for me, um, the last, the, probably the piece of advice for me is because change is hard, get the support that you need, right? Whether it's support from leaders, whether it's external support, like from coaches like us from Object Sharp, whatever it is, get the support that you need, the training that you need, whatever you feel would make you more comfortable, whatever you feel would increase your ability to absorb change. And if you don't know what that is, then get the support to help you figure that out. Because the sooner you can figure that out, the sooner you can support yourself through the journey. 
You know, if you don't mind me adding to that last piece, because you just hit a nugget for me, which is if you are someone who's in uh, that position of something is changing around you, do not be afraid to ask questions. Yes. What does this mean to me? What does this mean to our team? What does this, what do you want this to look like? What are you thinking? Like, don't be afraid to ask those questions so that you can figure out for yourself and ask for the support that you need. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Any last thoughts before we close uh, for today's episode? Gosh. <laughs> right, you know, it's, I call us purveyors. I, I, you know, I, I love change because it, there's a human component and humanity is such a powerful thing. And I know organizationally, we all look at um, our colleagues, whether we like them or not. But at the end of the day, we're all humans and building trust amongst each other is what really makes change successful. And, and if we can bring that more and more into our daily work lives, I think that makes that much of a difference with anything that gets thrown at us. And, and I love the transparency of the conversation. I want to thank you, JR, for bringing this out, you know, and, and, and making it a, a really good topic to talk about. Because, again, it's been happening to us all along. It's really great to get your teams and your people to start talking about it transparently so that, again, you can, you can nurture it and guide it. Amazing. And thank you guys for spending the time today, taking out time from your day-to-day -day schedules where you guys are supporting uh, organizations and individuals that are going through change. So thanks so much for sharing all your, uh, your wisdom. And uh, I have no doubt that this conversation will continue and we will likely be, you know, likely at least one more episode talking about this stuff. So thank you so much. Uh, and thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks you. guys. This podcast is brought to you by Object Sharp. Whether migrating workloads to Azure or building net new cloud native solutions leveraging the power of PaaS, serverless, .NET, or the Power Platform, or implementing DevOps and agile practices within teams or across the entire organization, ObjectSharp has been helping companies with their digital transformations for over 20 years. Learn more at objectsharp.com or connect on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. ObjectSharp is a central logic company.